Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into on a Monday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Jake Dicker. Um, Jake, listen, I mean, a lot to get into in terms of the playoff games, but the one that I want to get into, obviously, is the Rams game. I mean, we kind of circled this on uh, the schedule. This was the game. This was the Sunday night game during a super wild card weekend, the primetime game, the biggest game. Uh, despite the fact that you had a Cowboys-Packers game, the, the game that they chose to be on Sunday Night Football and they made the right choice was the Rams-Lions game, the storyline there, obviously, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, that big trade that went down three years ago. Uh, it worked out very well for the Rams, of course, in terms of winning a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford. But, you know, a, a beautiful win-win situation when you look at what Detroit's been able to do since the trade, and certainly this year, winning their first division title since 1993, hosting their first playoff game since then, um, and it was a classic, or at least it came down to the wire, one-point game, one-point loss. It doesn't make it any any simpler to swallow a loss in the postseason if it's just by one point, but Jake, your, your uh, thoughts on the game last night? Yeah, I wish I wish that I wasn't a Rams fan. I wish that the Rams played anyone else, just because I really would have loved to be able to fully appreciate the scene in Detroit yeah. um, last night. That was an unbelievable sports atmosphere. Um, they, I mean, the fans were there. Phil, I mean, the bowl was full. You know, when the Lions were out on the field for warmups, um, they fans stayed in the lower bowl until you know Jared Goff had run off the field. Um, it was it was truly. You know, a great just night for sports, especially in the state of Detroit. That's that's you know been craving this for so long. Um, but the game itself, I mean, it, it was by far the best game we had of the weekend. Um, Matthew Stafford was unbelievable. Jared Goff played really well. Um, you never you never want to be thinking about the officiating after a playoff game, and and it benefited the Rams in the first half. And it you know it hurt them later in the game um, with you know the missed false start um, encroachment, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the first half. Um, that, that would have given the Lions a first down. And then in the second half, there were, I mean, there were definitely some questionable missed calls. Um, Matthew Stafford was, was taking hit after hit. Um, Puka Nakua on the, you know, the, the very decisive third down at the end of the game could have either called holding PI or a late, late hit there. <laughs> yeah. You know, pick, pick one of the three. But this was, I mean, this was just a good, hard fought football game by both sides. Um, and it was really great to see after 
um, you know, the, some of the blowouts that we've gotten um, this weekend. But it was really a tale of two halves, right? The first half was really just a ton of scoring. The Rams defense couldn't stop a nosebleed for the, in the first quarter. Um, and then, you know, the Rams kept punching back. And the second half was all about, you know, the defense and the line and, and the trenches. But you're not gonna win. You're not gonna win a game when you make three trips to the to the red zone. And you come away with nine points, right? Like as much as you want to put it on the officiating, you you gotta be able when you're in the red zone. You gotta walk away with six. And you know the Rams set the Rams settled three times. So great year. I mean, I didn't expect them to be here by any means. Especially you know preseason didn't expect it. Given the way the, the year started, I really didn't expect it. And then they you know they turned it around and took a, took us Rams fans on this ride. Um, that was unbelievable. Um, Sean McVay really, you know, seems to have found his, his passion for the game again. Matthew Stafford, unbelievable. Puka Nakua is, is an absolute stud. Nine receptions, 181 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, taking hit after hit. Kyron Williams, I know he, you know, he left the game a little early with a hand injury. Not his best night, but, you know, what a year he had. Um, I would love Cooper Cup to bounce back a little bit next year. It wasn't necessarily the factor that I expected him to be in this game. But, you know, the Lion, Lions got their first win, and they're hosting another playoff game next week. You know, th- that was a great point. Post-game, if you're looking for a silver lining, I don't think we're going to have that, um, at least it didn't sound like post-game, that we're going to have that one-week to two-week window where we're not sure if Sean McVay will come back. It seemed like this season... And the run, and the run that the Rams had really reinvigorated the passion Sean McVay had for the game. I know last season took a toll on him. I know the Super Bowl run took a toll on him to the extent that he wasn't sure if he wanted to come back following their Super Bowl championship. But despite the fact that they lost by one point last night in the postseason, it did seem like coaching the second youngest team in the league to uh, 10 wins, one point of, uh, of advancing to the divisional round. Uh, it would have been a ton of fun going back up to San Francisco, Santa Clara to play the 49ers. But, um, I don't think we're going to have this kind of window of will he come back or not. I think he will come back for the first time since they selected Jared Goff in the first round with the top overall pick of the draft, the Rams do have their first round pick. And really, this was the season where when you looked at Puka Nakua and Kobe Turner and a lot of these other young guys, um, the job that, that Les Snead and his staff did in drafting these guys and the second youngest uh, team in the league has me very excited about the future. Again, this was a kick the can down the road year. Uh, Jake, if you remember... Um, they, 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 they were very transparent with their, with their fan base of saying, Hey, here's what we're trying to do. You know, listen, we, we did all we could in terms of bringing you guys the Super Bowl title. We try to keep the group together, bring the band back together. What was, what was the phrase? It's not a, not a rebuild. It's a retool. Exactly. They, it was, they, 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 they really did a beautiful job of like wording that in such a way, but. That's why a lot of fans, and me included, by the way, said, okay, like, are they tanking for Caleb? Are they tanking? Now that they finally have their first-round pick, and it makes sense to tank. Again, it makes no sense to tank if you don't even have your first-round pick. But now that they have this first-round pick, trading Jalen Ramsey, you can, you, you can go down the, the, the list of moves that they made that, that, that did not behoove this team being a, a contending team. And again, coming into the season, we did not expect that these – 
uh, you know, guy is Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Kobe Turner. You go down the list of players who just had tremendous years. So I feel good about the future um, of the team. Your thoughts on where this team is right now? Again, tough uh, the day following a, a postseason loss. But, Jake, I mean, if I had told you not only at the beginning of the season, because, again, at the beginning of the season, there was a ton of people saying they're going to tank. Uh, the win total this year, according to Vegas, was six and a half, I believe. Um, I was at that Cowboys game where they got blown out. They looked like they had no business being on the same field as the Cowboys. It looked like they were going to be a below 500 team. And they come back and they beat Seattle and their season completely flips. Your thoughts on this team now? Again, the season's done, but again, they got their first round draft pick. They got uh, a ton of picks. They got cap room. Your thoughts on this team? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to say that a team that, you know, is two years removed from a Super Bowl is, is ahead of schedule after losing a round one, you know, playoff, wildcard playoff game. But this team went five and 12 last year. And as you said, Vegas had the wins, win totals at six and a half. The expectations for this team were not, I mean, there weren't, they were pretty non-existent. Next year, I mean, they're going to, they're going to bring a lot of this, these guys back, right? Like, I think the biggest change you're going to see, I mean, Raheem Morris is, is probably going to get a job somewhere. Um, you know, the def- the first half had me questioning that a little bit tonight, but the second half, you know, he showed why he's, you know, one of these top, you know, candidates for, for head coaching job. There's not a ton. I mean, the defense, there's there's a couple guys who are free agents. You know, um, Jonah Williams is a free agent. Akello Witherspoon's a free agent. John Johnson's a free agent. But the rest of the, I mean, the, the guys are young, right? Like, they, they got these guys under control. And last year, you know, one of the biggest issues you couldn't talk about the Rams without talking about the offensive line and how terrible the offensive line was last year. Tonight, or last night, I think on the stat sheet, I think it credited with two sacks. I think Aiden Hutchinson was credited with two sacks. One Stafford fell over his own feet yeah. and then he touched him. And the other one, he was trying to make a play and essentially got back to the line of scrimmage and fell down and was touched, whatever. The yeah. line, the line was great. Stafford had time to move around. Um, this, it's, it was a very encouraging end to the year. Um, and you add in the fact that they have their first round pick for the first time in what seems like forever. Yeah. The pieces are there for this team to to take an even bigger step forward next year. Um, it, it, I mean, you, you never know what you're going to get out of an aging quarterback. Matthew Stafford, I mean, sh- showed no signs of, of slowing down, um, especially this burst he gave at the end of the year. So it's it's really, really encouraging. I know it's hard to say after, you know, losing a playoff game um, that many Rams fans were, were very hopeful they were going to win, regardless of it being a road game in prime time. Um, the Rams had a real shot at this game. And I think that just speaks to how far they've come, um, even from, you know, week four, week five, when, when people were talking about, all right, let's, let's, you know, let's pick high in, in the draft and, and kind of tuck this year away a little bit. But, you know, it, it's, it's incredibly encouraging given, given the way it started and how it ended, um, even with the playoff loss going into next year. I, there's a lot of momentum, you know, positive momentum they can carry over. But Jake, you, you touched on it in terms of it being like a really good game. And if you weren't a fan of the Rams, you could have just enjoyed the fact that you sat in front of your TV seeing a, a, a one point game. I mean, look at the amazing season the Miami Dolphins have. And again, <clears throat> like I, I know it was cold and, you know, b- below zero, but that game wasn't close. Look at the season that the Cowboys had. I mean, 12 wins, the number two seed. Getting absolutely, uh, you know, blown out 27 to zero, uh, there and, and they lose in the fashion that they did. Uh, Cleveland again, that was a weird situation with, uh, with Flacco there. But again, like just 
all blowouts. Again, we had three blowouts going into that Rams game. And then again, we got a really good classic game that, you know, some calls didn't go the Rams way. But um, again, a one-point loss where you're not looking at, you know, if they had, no matter how this game would have turned out, I think the fact that they won 10 games and they're playing in the postseason was a positive. But listen, you know, if, if they had gotten blown out, if they had given up a ton of points, if they had lost by, you know, uh, 21 points or something like that, then you could have said, like, oh, shoot, we got to do stuff. They're on the right track. They're doing the right thing. This is where they want to be. And again, unlike the Super Bowl year and certainly unlike the last season, um, no question about Darren Donald. He said he's going to come back. No question about uh, Sean McDay. He, you know, said he's going to come back. Stafford said he's going to come back. I, I think this team. What what happens as you probably know, Jake, is that you know when you're around young people, they reinvigorate you. Mm-hmm. And, and the passion that Puka Nakua and Kobe and a lot of these other guys have for the game. Um, and again, no one thought they were going to have the seasons that they did. When you know, when you're not the first round pick or the second round pick, when you are the fifth round pick, and you're having the historical season that they did, it pumps you up. And so now, again, moving into a by the, by the way, a new practice facility in the Valley, in the San Fernando Valley, in Woodland Hills, um, the future looks very bright for this team. Yeah, and and because they have these guys, you know, these rookies who are overperforming and are you know, onto these rookie contracts, the Rams are projected, I think, to have around fifty million dollars in cap space going into the wow. offseason, which is just another asset, you know, that Les Need's going to be able to use to to improve this roster. Um, Les Need, you know, he's proven time and time again that he he's going to do what it takes to improve the product on the field. Um, and and I have no doubt that going into this offseason, whether it's through you know the free agent market or or the trade market, he's going to do just that. And as you said, like they're, it's not, they, they go, they lose the playoff game, right? But you can walk away from this game knowing that there's a solid foundation to build on for next year. It's not like you said with the Dolphins, um, the Cowboys, where there are these questions about, all right, you know, we thought, we thought we were further ahead than we are. Maybe we need to reevaluate some things. Um, you know, it's, it is, it is a tough pill to swallow, especially losing, you know, by one point. Um, but that game, I mean, in the first quarter, it was 14 to three and, and could have gone out of hand very quick. Like yeah. that, this game was really, you know, the perfect, perfect depiction of what this season really looked like for the Rams. Um, it came up a little bit short, but I think that there's a lot to be, to be optimistic about for sure. Yeah. And I, I think it was just a, like as a football fan, good to see a good game in the postseason. But again, the way that they fought just made you feel really proud that, that, uh, the way that this team came back, the way that they fought. Uh, before we head to the break, uh, Jake, want to get your thoughts. I, again, I did not think Mike McCarthy was on the hot seat. Again, I mean, I've made no, uh, you know, I've been very public about the fact that, you know, for 20 plus years of my life, while we didn't have a pro football team in Los Angeles, I, I, I adopted the Cowboys. They had training camp in Oxnard. They still do. Uh, so I've become a Cowboys fan. For that game to be 48 to whatever it was, 16, or, uh, you know, you are hosting a postseason game. You've won 16 straight. And again, I keep saying how the Rams are the second youngest team. Kudos to Matt LaFleur, former uh, offense coordinator of the Rams. They're the youngest team in the league. Um, what would you do if you're Jerry Jones? Again, it's very unique. Again, yes, I know Mike McCarthy has had three consecutive 12-win seasons. However... 
the very unique offseason where you have Bill Belichick available, Pete Carroll's available, Jim Harbaugh's available. By the way, this week, Jim Harbaugh will be talking to the Chargers. If you're Jerry Jones, and he, it's a blank check with him at this point. I mean, he wants to win one more Super Bowl before he's done. <clears throat> what would you do, Jake? Um, I think it's a really interesting situation because of what you said. It's because of the guys who they could potentially bring in. I think it's less about Mike McCarthy, honestly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's weird because they've had these unbelievable regular seasons, but then you walk away from the playoff losses and you don't remember anything that took place and all you're thinking about is getting over this hurdle, right? So the question I think then is, is Mike McCarthy that guy? And I think he is. Um, I think, I think he's probably, I, I, coming into today, I didn't think his job was in jeopardy at all or coming into the the playoff game yesterday. Um, that being said, the goal isn't to win 12 games in the regular season. The goal is to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And if he can't get there, if there's someone else out there, whether it's a Jim Harbaugh or it's a Bill Belichick, um, you know, the Cowboys, they're in, they're in position, as you said, to make any hire they want, right? Like, they, it's, it's a blank check. It kind of, like I said about Michigan the other day, like, the Cowboys' job kind of recruits itself. Like, yeah. it, it's the biggest brand in the sport. So, if... If they make the move, which I, I am not going to be surprised if they do, I think it's more about who they can potentially bring in that they think can get them over the hump and less about the fact, you know, that, that they need to get rid of Mike McCarthy. To give you people a backstory, uh, Jake is living in uh, Wisconsin or going to school. Uh, so you'll probably be very good to get uh, your, your point of view again. Uh, We've heard of Jordan Love. We knew uh, he probably had a, a good season. But your thoughts on Jordan Love and the Packers taking it to a Cowboys team? By the way, you know we can make all the jokes that we want. This was one of the best teams in the league this season. Twelve mm-hmm. wins, the, the the number two seed. Um, the Packers took it to them, and Jordan Love in particular. Now, by the way, when you talk about you know classic postseason matchup, Packers Cowboys is, but Packers San Francisco 49ers is also kind of a classic. Uh, game there. Your thoughts on the Packers, Jordan Love, and going into that big game coming up this weekend? Yeah, um, being being you know in Wisconsin, I've I've watched plenty of Jordan Love this year, and I think the thing that impressed me most yesterday was that there was there was no sign that he wasn't ready for the moment. Right, it didn't look like a guy who was playing in his first career playoff game. It certainly didn't look like a guy who was playing in his first career playoff game on the road in Dallas. Yeah. Um, I mean, 16 for 21, 272, and three touchdowns. Just making every throw, sitting in the pocket, you know, with guys in his face ready to take the hit, literally just looks like they cloned Aaron Rodgers, which I don't understand. You know, this Green Bay quarterback factor is unbelievable. Oh, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I hope the people in Wisconsin realize, well, I mean, yeah. it's so rare I mean, to go from one, two, and three like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how willing I am to, to lump him no, in yeah, yeah. just yet, obviously. I know you that's not exactly what you were doing. But, yeah. I mean, he looks like he's the real deal. Yeah. And and people, I know people in Wisconsin are very, very excited about him. Um, I, I went, I was at Lambeau earlier this year for the, uh, the Packers-Lions Thursday night game that the Packers lost. And we were walking out of there and the fans, they were, I, I was asking Packer fans, I'm like, is Jordan Love the guy? We were just, talk, we were just you know, talking to some people on the way out. And, and they were still, they were very in on Jordan Love. They're like, we, this is a long-term project. We knew it was a long-term project when we drafted him. Wait and see. And he has shown up in every moment, um, starting, you know, national, on the national scale. They're really starting, you know, to understand the talent that this guy is. Two-star recruit, only scholarship offer was Utah State. 
and yeah. has just excelled at every level. Um, you know, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers clearly has has done wonders for him, and and if they're able to keep this going with him, it's just I mean, as you said, far to Rodgers, it could be another ten years of love. You know what they've done that is so interesting is usually there's sort of like a gap in between, or you don't get that next guy. They did the thing where they drafted the next guy, and he sat behind. So, like, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers got drafted out of Cal, and we know that he dropped in the draft, and he sat behind Favre. And then Rodgers did the same thing where Love got drafted. And, again, the guy, you know, the main guy at that point does not like that because he's like, shoot, we have a first-round pick. Give me a wide receiver. Give mm-hmm. me a tailback. Give me some help. It has worked. And, again, to your point, and I'm not saying this, I don't want to loop them in. What Love did in Dallas yesterday in the postseason is very rare. And if he does it in San Francisco, now we start to have that conversation. Again, he's just beginning his career, but the poise of this man and the and, and the way that he played was tremendous. All right, we're going to leave it there for now. I think Brandon Deutsch is going to join us uh, in the second segment. We'll talk a little bit more about the National Football League in the postseason, but want to... Uh, get Jake's thoughts on the Lakers. He, uh, he is, he is a glutton for punishment. He, he actually went to go see them firsthand. So we'll get Jake's thoughts on that. Uh, we'll, again, so we'll talk about that. The Lakers, the Clippers, the NFL postseason in a moment. We come back right here on the Monday or 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii sports radio network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears... We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, we're one one tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California. Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's hop back out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune. Rejoining us is Jake Dicker and joining us now, Brandon Deutsch. Uh, Brandon, just to put like a bow on, uh, again, talking about the Rams game and, uh, really it being the only close game this weekend, uh, was really pumped about the games and only one, um, good game. Um, I think the Rams have a lot to be happy about, a lot to be excited about in terms of their future. Again, they win five games last season. They were the win total this season. Season was six and a half, half second youngest team in the league. 
your thoughts on the game last night? Yeah, I thought it was a game that could have gone either way. There were a few bad calls. Now, I do think there was a huge game-changing call that went, uh, shouldn't have been called the false start on fourth and five. I think the Rams were offside. It was a neutral zone infraction. Yeah. And that could have given Detroit more points before the half. That could have shifted momentum. But there's no doubt there were calls um, that were not called, um, that should have been called uh, toward the end of the game. You know, the hit on Matt Stafford by like three guys. Um, you know, Puka was grabbed on that last play. Would he have caught that either way? I mean, you, no one can really tell. That was a tough, that was a tight window, but I still think that probably should have been called. At the end of the day, though, it was a game that could have gone either way. The Rams were not supposed to be in this position this year. They really beat all odds. They're going to be way better next year. And, you know, they could, they could win the division next year. It's certainly possible because, you know, they have Puka, they have Kyron. Um, you know, you get back a healthy cup. Stafford looked great. I mean, in the playoff game, he almost threw for 400 yards last yeah. night. And at the end of the day, you're going to have cap, cap space to really sign guys to their weaknesses, which is the offensive line and obviously on defense, especially in the secondary. They need a lot of help. Um, and I think they'll be much better. I mean, they weren't supposed to be there. It's kind of like the Packers playing with house money this year. It's not like the Rams haven't won a Super They won a Super Bowl a few years ago. Like it hasn't been long at all. Yeah. Um, but they're a young, they're, you know, besides Stafford and Cup, they're a young, in Donald, they're a young team that really could contend next season for sure. And, uh, we talked about the Packers Cowboys game. And again, we, we talked about historical playoff matchups. You're thinking about the uh, Cowboys and Packers who played each other nine times in the postseason. The Packers and San Francisco 49ers have played each other, uh, now, uh, 10 times. Um, and again, I, I wasn't expecting a ton from the Packers this year, but this could be the coming out party for Jordan Love. Uh, we got Jake's perspective as someone who lives in Wisconsin for the majority of the year. Brandon, you uh, follow San Francisco very closely. Your thoughts on that game this upcoming weekend? Yeah, I know Jake thinks it'll probably be close. I, the only way I see that game is, as being close is if Purdy throws, you know, interceptions. Uh, if the Niners jump out to a, a lead early, I mean, the Niners are not the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys 42 to 7 or 42 to 10, you know? So I think it would take the Niners' worst day for the Packers to win that football game. And they're already in, you know, a very, uh, they're playing with house money and you don't want to play a team like that. But if you're looking at Niner fans, I'm telling you, they are not losing sleep over the Packers. Could the Packers win this game? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. They're hot. And when a team is hot and a quarterback's playing as good as Jordan Love, best passer in the NFL since December 1st, it's difficult. But so much would have to go wrong for the Niners to lose that game, I feel like. So I think they avoided the Rams, which was like the main concern from the fan base. I don't think any of them wanted to play the Rams. And I think at the end of the day, you knock out Dak and you knock out Stafford. Those are the two other best quarterbacks besides the Love still around, right? In the playoffs were, now they're eliminated. So I think the 49ers path to the Super Bowl gets much easier, um, believe it or not. I, I do think it's a tough game considering what the Packers have looked like, but they're not going to... Jaron Jones is not getting three touchdowns against the 49ers. Jordan Love's not going to throw four touchdowns against the 49ers, three or four. I just don't see that happening. I mean, maybe it's a higher scoring game. I just, I, the Niners are not the Cowboys is my point there. All right. So I wanted to touch on this now. So we kind of put a bow on uh, the postseason. Um, Jake has been very clear that he is not a big believer in this Lakers team. It doesn't mean that he's not supporting them. I'm sure he would be the first one uh, happy if they turned their season around, much like the Rams did. Uh, so I was very surprised to see our friend here, 
uh, actually went out to Crypto.com Arena to see firsthand his team that he has been saying is not very good. So he wanted to see for himself. He went out there, paid good money, I'm sure, to go see the Lakers play the Phoenix Suns. And uh, yeah, it was exactly how we thought it would go. I mean, he went to a horror movie and he knew how that was going to uh, turn out. Jake, what, what, hey, just take me through the whole process. You know, the, uh, the train wreck that you're seeing play out. I know you're not happy to see it. We're all not happy to see it. Uh, but you did want to see them, I'm sure, uh, play before you went back to Wisconsin. Take me through that thought process. And then what did you feel like as you were watching when you undoubtedly knew what was going to happen play out in real time? Um, I, I needed, I needed to go see it for myself. I had, <laughs> especially, and it was a good excuse when you get, I know I was going to get Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant on the floor at the same time, and Devin Booker. So I was, um, needed, needed to go to that game. Um, it was never close, and it just reinforced everything that I, that I feel about this team. I know, I think the, I think the final score, I think they lost by 18. They were down 30 for the majority of the second half. Um, they continue to do things that just surprise me. And they shouldn't surprise me, because I don't think they're very good. But, in the in the Phoenix game for the first time, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I hadn't seen it previously. With about 18 seconds on on, uh, on the shot clock, every single possession they were double teaming the ball handler, which is great. But when we're 25 feet from the basket, it's great to get the ball out of Devin Booker's hands. But th- there's Kevin Durant on the wing, and there's Bradley Beal who hit I think seven or eight threes in that game. So it, it just there's there's things that don't make sense. There are lineups that we're putting out there. Um, I know, I know Rui Hachimura didn't play in the game. Christian Wood didn't play in the game. Cam Reddish got hurt, only played eight minutes, but the rotations continue to be a major question mark. It, it, it they're, it, it just, it's so frustrating to watch, watch this team play, especially when, you know, they're playing teams that they're rostered. I mean, they're probably better than on paper. And it, it just doesn't work there. There's no identity with this team. I think they're not, I think they're currently like 19th in points per game in the league. And they're also like 21st or 22nd in, in points allowed per game. They're, they're not very good at anything with, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor, which is hard to do. They, they don't shoot the ball well. Um, they don't score enough points. Somehow when they get behind at the, for, at the end of first, uh, the end of the first quarter of every game, their offense gets slower which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and they're not good enough to shoot themselves back into games. So I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs. They might, and the, I, the play in tournament, sure, I don't see them falling further than 10th, but it's hard for me to see this team putting any sort of run together, um, even if they make a trade in the coming days, which I know is, is uh, probably likely, given the fact that now you can move a guy like Austin Reeves, who I want to be very honest with myself, is probably not exactly who I thought he was. Um, can't guard a parked car and, and just, he's a, he's a bench, he's a bench role player that's, that can, can probably be the third or, I mean, be the fourth option on a championship team, but I don't think he's that third piece that, that we thought he was after the playoff run last year. All right, Brandon, before you go, I, I want to just set the scene right now um, here on Monday. The Lakers are currently the 11th seed, so if the playoffs were to have uh, to start tonight, the Lakers would not even be in the play-in tournament. They're 19-21, and 21, uh, just to tell you um, how bad that is, I guess, in the big scheme of things. Last season was a train wreck going into the trade deadline. They were exactly 19-21 and 21 a year ago, and if you had told me with the run that they had, again, going to the Western Conference Finals, following the trade deadline moves that they made, really bringing back that core group, putting uh, pieces around them that we thought uh, fit, and and really having 
the summer that I think a lot of people had had hoped for. I mean, the fact that they're 19 and 21, the fact that they're the 11th seed, the fact that they have to play as for to begin today, they're not even in the playing uh, tournament is concerning. I guess the only silver lining, Brandon, and I, I want to get your, your thoughts on this before you kind of just talk about this team, is that their season turned around this time a year ago. I re- remember us talking uh, after the Cowboys 49ers playoff game. They had just made the trade for Hachimura. And again, uh, right before the Super Bowl, they, they, they made the moves that they made in terms of D'Angelo uh, and Jared Vanderbilt and things like that. That doesn't happen all the time. It's extremely rare. I, I don't foresee that happening again. I do agree with Jake that, listen, when you're 19 and 21 and in the, the 11th seed, you're going to make moves. What can they do and can they turn around this season? Can, yes. Um, will they is a different story. I mean, it gets substantially harder who to move because D'Angelo Russell is one of your only offensive players that's actually playing basketball right now. Now, I know he's been up and down, um, but, you know, Jake brings up a great point about Austin Reeves. He's defensively, he's regressed. Um, offensively, you could say he's regressed. I know he's putting up better stats um, on, a, on a per game basis. That's because he has a larger role just because of what he did in the postseason last year. I want to see Rui Hachimura uh, consistently be more a part of the offense. I think at the end of the day, it's tough because since the IST, they I know overall they have a top 12 defense, but that's because of the IST and before the IST. Since then, they're like 20th in defense. And that was their bread and butter because they cannot outshoot anybody because they're 23rd in three point percentage as a team and they're 23rd in offensive rating. So it just gets tougher at the end of the day when no one can make shots and no one can play defense. I mean, it sounds very simple, but you're going to lose basketball games. LeBron's getting older and let's be real. Let's be honest to ourselves. LeBron has looked awful recently over the past few games. He's looked terrible. There's no doubt about it that he, he, he has not looked great. And Davis, the last two games when they really needed him to step up, just didn't step up. Even though he's been doing that, I'm not going to be as mad at Anthony Davis and Laker fans shouldn't because he did it for so long, like 20 straight games, and they just did not help him out at all. But the last two games, you know, he went five out of 21 against Utah. That was a winnable game when D'Angelo Russell scores 39 points. And that was the difference. If he even hits two or three of those shots, they win that game. So again, it's just, it's hard for me to sit here and say, look, the most tradable asset is D'Angelo Russell, right? But are you going to get someone like substantially better than D'Angelo Russell and what he brings offensively, you know, and get someone like DeJounte? Like, even if you give up Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, does DeJounte Murray make you a contender? No, no, he doesn't. Like, I would rather keep the team and not make any moves and see what happens and roll the dice. I think at the end of the day, we have to understand the team that got him in the playoffs, the lineup that we shall not say the name of, it's played three minutes together. Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves. That was the bread and butter. And the difference is last year, Arash, even before the trades, they had won six out of their last, like, in nine games at this point going into that because and now they're on the, uh, the opposite trajectory. So we could see an absolute reversal, Jake. I think it's entirely possible they missed the play in tournament the way they're playing. They look lackadaisical. They lack intensity, and their coach doesn't know what he's doing because you haven't implemented um, a starting lineup that even every single person in their uncle knows works in the fan base. Uh, he hasn't implemented it. I don't understand why Jeannie and Rob haven't sat him down and said, can you at least try this lineup and see what happens? I mean, Vanderbilt, he puts out there for 15 minutes. 
And yeah, he can't score, but Vanderbilt should be playing 25 minutes a game. I don't care just because of his defense. I don't care how bad he is offensively. It'll work with other offensive players out there. The problem is, Jake, he has Torian Prince out there and Cam Reddish <laughs> instead of Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. So again, the, the it's just not flowing to Rosh. I think the pieces are there to make the playoffs. It's just, it's, it's coaching at the end of the day. So Ham said very publicly that he got the the uh, support of uh, Jeannie and Rob again. This was a, a week ago, so you know things change according to Chris Haynes of uh, TNT and Yahoo Sports. Uh, he has the support of them that 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 continues. At some point, however, if if he's not playing the players that he should, if he's not playing the lineups that he should, if Rob Polinka, who put together this roster, thinks that this is a at least a playoff team again, like you know, we we all kind of be, began the season hoping that they would at least get back to, to the conference finals and let's see what happens. But if Rob believes that the pieces are there, and by the way, the other big difference is through um, this this point in the season a year ago, we really did not see LeBron and Davis healthy. Uh, they didn't play a ton together. The most fascinating thing about their struggles is that not only are both of them healthy, and again, LeBron, to your point, has has struggled. Um, Davis is playing some of the best basketball that he's played since he's been with the Lakers. So, um, And I know I bring this up weekly, but if Rob Palenka believes that he has the players in place, and the biggest move that they can make that could move the needle tomorrow, and they don't even have to make a trade, although they, they probably will do something, is replacing the coach. And, and I hate to go to that well, but this is not a below 500 team. This roster is not a below 500 roster. I refuse to believe that Jake, you first, then Brandon. Should they, in I guess a two-part question, should they change head coaches? And do you think they will at some point change the head coach? I've been I've been very openly critical about um, Darvin on, on on here and and on Twitter or X whatever you want to call it nowadays. Um, I I don't know I, to a certain extent. Like I know I know he's not doesn't have the guys out there. But the Lakers, I mean, after the Phoenix game, we're shooting below on the year thirty percent on wide open uncontested three pointers. Like at a certain point, it's also on these guys who are being paid millions of dollars to play a sport professionally to execute, right? That being said, I think their issues go so far beyond that because I do think that the roster has has potential. I mean, we saw it last year. It, it, it's essentially the same roster. Um, so I don't know what else you do because it's it's something has to change. And if, if, the, if the expectation now is they're not going to make the playoffs – if you fire Darvin and you don't make the playoffs, like, okay, at that point, like there's no harm. Cause if you miss, if you miss the playoffs, I think we can all agree. They'll probably fire him at the end of the year anyways. So if you get rid of him at this point and just try and shake something up, get a different voice in that locker room, maybe someone who sees things a little bit differently. I think it's probably the right way to go. That being said, I, they have openly, you know, told him that his job is, is safe for the time being. Um, I don't think that they would have done that. If they, if they were even considering, you know, making the move at this point at all. So, so my guess is that regardless of how bad this gets, that they're not going to make any sort of move. I would just because I don't think that the rotations are a major issue and I don't think it can get much worse. So, so I, I would roll the dice and and see what happens there. Yeah. Yeah, This one's tough because is Phil Handy going to play, you know, Rui Hachimura, twenty-eight minutes a game. Like, how? What? What is he like? What is the personnel if some if they hire from within uh, going to do? Are they going to do anything differently? 
Uh, probably, but again, it's like, I still think, I don't understand how Ham isn't, you know, Rob doesn't go up to Ham and Darwin and just be like, yo, can we, can we try out this lineup? Yeah. Like, I, I just, I need to see it at some, obviously LeBron missed last game and then two games ago, you know, Rui was obviously still out for the playoff, uh, you know, um, rotation and Russell was out a few games ago as well with that hip contusion. So there haven't been opportunities since the skid really to play that lineup, but I do want to see it at some point because again, the big change is Schroeder. You don't have him off the bench, which is hurts them a lot. Who's the guy off the bench, right? Like that's a big thing too. And I, I get that's why Reeves is coming off of the bench, but I think at some point you got to try that lineup and just have Rui be your six man and just like let him cook off the bench because he can score at will when he gets into a rhythm. I mean, that, that's the most frustrating thing. I think the, the reason I think a lot of fans were excited about the continuity and consistency and you know, keeping that core group together is that lineup that you love so much. And the, by the way, statistically speaking, has been very effective. They just refuse to play them. It makes no sense. Uh, before we close out uh, the show today, really quick, the Clippers, however, despite the fact losing last night to Minnesota, uh, they've been one of the top four teams in the West maybe the hottest team in the league since they kind of turned the corner uh, real quick. Last two minutes here. Are the Clippers for real? Uh, Jake, I will start with you. I'm going to say yes. Um, it, they, this is, you know, this isn't like a three or four game stretch where it's like, oh, they've shown signs of, of improvement and being exciting. I think that this, they are really the real deal. Um, I will be in the building on Thursday um, when they take on Oklahoma city. Um for the first time to see this team, you know, really in action, which will be very exciting to watch a competent basketball team with my own <laughs> eyes for the first time in a while. Um, but I think, I, I think for sure, especially in the West that we've talked about is very wide open. Um, even the teams at the top with Minnesota and Oklahoma City, we've said are probably ahead of schedule. Um, and I'm not going to say that they can't go out and win an NBA championship just because they're ahead of schedule. Um, but the Clippers are probably, you know, my favorite. I can't believe I'm going to say this to come out of the West and represent the Western <laughs> Conference in the NBA Finals. Uh, I don't know if that's Brandon's a favorite. Brandon's uh, going to yell. Brandon's going to yell. <laughs> I, I'd, still, I'd still pick Denver. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, Jake has a point. They're legit, and it's because of a few reasons. Offense. Ever since James Harden joined the Clippers, you know, they're sixth in offensive rating. They're top five in both effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage. And they're 14th in defense, so it hasn't even regressed that much with Harden on the team. They were like 11th before another 14th. By the way, first in three-point percentage as a team, believe it or not, the Los Angeles Clippers right now in the NBA. So they're shooting the ball extremely well. The system, as he calls himself, is working. Mm-hmm. I want to see it in the playoffs. We know they're Harden's always great in the regular season. Can he do it in the playoffs? That's my big question. Can Kawhi stay healthy? If he does, I mean, they have a serious chance. I, mean, I don't believe in the Suns. I think Timberwolves and Thunder are still too young. Maybe the Thunder make a run. I, I'm still going with Denver, though, but I can, I can see a Denver Clippers Western Conference Finals for sure. Would love to see that, by the way. And, and, uh, you know, Kawhi signs his contract extension. I, I fully expect Paul George to as well. And we've, we've, we've talked about this with Intuit Dome. Uh, they're going to, uh, move into their brand new arena next year. They wanted to do that with some success, with some stars. That'll be the case. We'll see if they hang up a banner and not it in season tournament banner, an actual championship banner. We'll see. Um, all right. We'll get the crew back together again uh, tomorrow. So that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.